A few years back, the Atlantic Monthly ran a cover story about the importance of families sitting around a dinner table and eating. And uh, they said it even affects the grades that kids have and that kind of thing. And so we're here to discuss, first of all, as we go into the table, like uh, what kind of experiences we had growing up, the people in our church, and, and whether good or bad or indifferent or what, what that was like and how that, uh, how that works. So uh, when it comes, I, I think when it comes to meals around a table and it's kind of joining, there is something about getting together friends or family and just doing, what is it? And I know it's kind of obvious on one hand, but what is it about having a great meal time together that's relaxing and enjoyable? Can you name that? <laughs> Michael. <laughs> That's one of yes, the problems. Um, I think for, because we have on, uh, our family tradition now, we've got two kids, and our family tradition now is we have dinner on Sunday nights, and we just have some, some of our friends that are like family, and they come over. And it's a really cool way to just unwind from the weekend. Uh, and obviously, I work for a church, and so just kind of going through the stuff from the day and talking about stuff that, that gets missed throughout the week. Um, because you say stuff in passing, and, and my wife and I, uh, obviously, we have kids at a young age, and so you just get so busy in the day in and the day out. And it's really just a cool time to just, like, reframe life and um, and think about the things that are really going on, the things that really matter, the things that you forget to talk about in the daily grind of things. So that's what it's been for yeah, us. And what, I wonder about the aid. Like right now, we're all sitting at a table and we're pretty high anxiety, to be honest with, uh, with you. <laughs> and uh, so there's nothing relaxed about this moment. Nothing. So, uh, but when you sit down, especially with food in front of you, what is it, uh, anybody got a stab at, what is it that uh, makes that special or helpful? I can see that you don't. Okay, what about... Uh, <laughs> I think I would just say being around people that you love and care about and are connected to. But would it matter if there's food? Um, no. Mm. I mean, really? Okay. Well, see, in my house, that's it would where be. I'm different. Okay. Well, how are you different? Why are you different? I agree. Yeah, I'm a foodie though. I love because we. What does that mean, Michael? Why, why are you call yourself a foodie? <laughs> <laughs> I like food, and I'm sure my physique shows that I like food. <laughs> I I like to be. It, it's a fun we'll be experiment. For survey thing. comments on that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh, it, it, we like experimenting with different things. You can uh, um, like there. It's a cultural thing. I mean, you've got different like different styles of food, different um, genres of food. Whether it's like Mexican, Italian, whatever. And for us, like they just it, it's just a it's something that my wife and I will prepare dinner together, and it's and then we'll we'll like we'll we'll talk about stuff days in advance or maybe that day and just go out and it's we make it an ordeal for us. It's just kind of a fun thing to just. Yeah, and the article I referenced really did say that that it was kids sitting around the meal together. There, yeah. there was something about that element, and I and I do find it intriguing that Jesus, the night before he died, he sat mm -hmm. down uh, and had a meal with his disciples. There was something to that, and I guess I'm kind of wondering that that was uh, one person said that that was the symbol of the early church. It was the cross, and it was a table, uh, and that's why. So, any other thoughts just about why the combination of uh, food and company? Uh, seems to work a little bit better than um, not having that. Of course, Cat doesn't care if we have it or not. So that's. Uh, right. Well, <laughs> that's I think food is enjoyable. Yeah. Mm. You're doing something that's enjoyable together yeah. as a family. I mean, all of us like to eat. Right, so you're a foodie as well? I, yeah, I'm an equal opportunity eater. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so there's equal opportunity eaters and foodies, and uh, that works. So did you, uh, whether good or bad, or what, what was it like growing up if you had that same effect, if you had a family traditions or you didn't? What was mealtime like uh, in your houses and your families? 
my mom was a working mom. And so whenever the craziness of the day settled down, we actually had the opportunity to sit down. It was kind of like we uh, finally got to rest a little bit and catch up with one another. So regardless of what she cooked for dinner, which usually honestly wasn't that good, she was not a great cook, but... <laughs> But she was, uh, <laughs> she was, she was more on record. Yeah. Not a great cook. Well, she would say she would have said that about herself too. Okay, okay. But it was just the chance to finally the craziness of the day is done. Wrestling practice with my brothers, school and homework and all of that, and then we finally got to just sit down and relax and talk to one another. Yeah. And, and, and Kat, maybe some of the, the I, I kid you about the food thing a while ago, but uh, we were talking before about when we talked about this was going to be about family and about mealtimes, you got a little nervous because right. it was a little, can you kind of flesh that out a little bit? You were, uh, why were you nervous and why was that a, kind of a negative image? Yeah, um, I think for me growing up, family time wasn't anything, I mean, we didn't have, there wasn't family time for us. Um, we didn't have family traditions. We didn't sit around the dinner table and eat dinner together. And so um, for me, that was a little bit like, oh, should I really be talking right now? Because I, I don't have those traditions to talk about. Well, I'm glad you um, did, because I think a lot of people could relate to that. When you look back, and maybe this, I don't know if it's a good question or not, but as you look back on that, um, can you see kind of the negative effects, uh, the effects of it? Most, and name them what they are? Most definitely, yeah. I would say the connection. Um, there wasn't any conversation. There wasn't a connection point in our day. So um, everybody just kind of became almost isolated from one another, right? In your family, yeah. Michael, definitely. what would mealtime look? Yeah, ours like was very know? similar to what Kat was saying just a second ago. We didn't. I, I'm one of eleven, and so <laughs> eleven. <laughs> our dinner table. We had a dinner table. It was massive, but um, we didn't really sit around the dinner table. It was it was a permanent fixture in the house. Um, but it wasn't really something that we sat around. Like we would sit around it and, and have dinner like on Thanksgiving. Right. But, um, and I think, so for me, like my, my uh, stepdad was a traveling salesman, so he wasn't always there. And my mom worked midnights for, the most, for most of uh, my childhood. So from the time that I was like a teenager, <clears throat> excuse me, on up, um, I was making dinner for my brothers and sisters and my stepdad would get home late. And, and so it wasn't always like we would just eat. And when, you, it, when you've got that many, it's just sort of like you just throw food at kids. Just like <laughs> you need to eat something. And uh, so, <laughs> your parents are fit. So, I mean, there's 11 kids. You probably yeah. would probably the thought of sitting everybody down. Yeah, once, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a feat. A it's okay. a feat. Yeah, that in and of itself. But then there's like, yeah, there's just like the family dynamic didn't really lend itself to um, to doing that. So that's why my wife and I've tried to be in, in, intentional about doing that with our boys. Yeah, and to that, if, if as you have your own families, do you have like any big plans in your mind? Are you trying to do that in your life any different? Or what are some of the ideas that you've had? Yeah, my kids and I have two uh, children, a five-year-old and a 17-year-old, and we try to eat dinner together um, at least three times out of the week, if not upper to five. So um, most definitely. Yeah. Do you see their grades go up? I don't know about that. Okay, all right, well, <laughs> that's what the stats say. That's what the stats say. What about I you, mean, Natalie? You have, you have, like, plans and that kind of thing? Yeah, we eat dinner together every single night. Every night? Almost every, every single night. night, unless we're going out to dinner or something like that. We eat dinner together every night. And, like, tonight's a great example. I already told the kids, eat an early lunch because we're going to be having dinner at 4.30 because we have back-to-school stuff starting at 5 o'clock, so we make time to sit down together 
almost every single night. And then you night. said three times awesome. a week, right? At least three times a week. Okay, so yeah. she's a better bar to go with. No one. <laughs> we aren't home every night during the week. Yeah. To now, be now, believe it or not, my the the meal that in my own family we had kind of an idyllic thing was breakfast every morning. Mm-hmm. Which I always now that I look back, I feel bad for my mom. You know, she she got up extra early, she fixed breakfast, and my dad would read the Bible to us, and he would. Wow. Make us all hold hands and make us recite the Lord's Prayer. That's, that's a true story. It really is. Uh, and the, the kids all hated it. We all like. We, 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 I think if you saw it, I don't know that you would make it as like this great thing. But uh, now, do you guys go ahead and admit, do you do stuff like that? I mean, do you hold hands and read the Bible and do do those sorts of things. I mean, look how I turned out. So, <laughs> I mean, talk about do you do anything bar. like that with your meals? I mean, I feel guilty now because I work at a church. I mean, yeah, we read the Bible like every night together. But <laughs> yeah, no, we're also what, sw- not supposed to lie. We're yeah, not supposed to lie, right? Uh, we go, we go around the table and we talk about what was the best part of your day, what was the worst part of your day, and honestly, that's the time that you know somebody may say something that was a really bad part of their day, and inevitably somebody ends up pointing them to scripture that has something to say about that. So really, like the other kids yeah, do that? Yeah, absolutely. The they do it with one another. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That is, yeah, cool. ours is a little bit different because we have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. <laughs> and um, so, like, trying to... We're, right now, we feel like we're trying to instill things in them right now at that right. at the, the age that they are. But so what my wife and I try to do is really... We try to make it where we don't talk about work at all at the dinner table. We're just talking about just, like... And there will be things that we end up talking about and, and just, you know, what's the stuff that's happening that week, but not work at all because inevitably you end up talking about some frustrating things and some things that are just kind of like, well, this isn't going the way I expected to and, and all that. So we're trying, we really try to make it about us and not necessarily about the things outside of our, wow. our, our, our home. Um, so that's really the, now as the kids, we're just trying to get our three-year-old to sit at the table for more than five minutes and <laughs> so, eat something more than chicken So he's chicken not nuggets. quoting a lot of scripture or any of that <laughs> no. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's okay. That works. And, uh, do you guys kind of counsel one another or do any of that sort of thing? Or there's um, additional? We, like Natalie, we ask questions of what was the best part of your day? What was the worst part of your day? Um, but past that it's, you know, I have a five-year-old and she pretty much is the conversation. She is the conversation. Okay. (laughs) We all had that. Yeah. She carries it pretty well. Let me shift gears just a little bit. Uh, When, uh, did you ever have the experience? Because I think of, especially when the, when you follow the analogy in the new Testament with the table being a symbol of the church and it's a symbol of belonging among other things. Did any of you remember having the experience of walking in the lunchroom at school and not having a place to sit? Did anybody ever go through that? You're nodding heads. So can you talk, about that just a little bit? So I switched schools halfway through high school. I switched from modern day to central. And so I missed out on that freshman thing of here's how you do the lunchroom, like here's where you get your tray, here's that. And at that time, back in the day, we were allowed to go out to lunch. And I would seriously go and sit and eat in my car rather than go into that lunchroom because I had no idea how it worked. I was terrified to go in there and look like an idiot, so I just ate in my car. Hiding out? Is it, yep. Did you hide out as well? Did you have that kind of experience? Um, yeah. So I think it, it's... Uh, I didn't really have <laughs> the best middle school, high school, school experience at all. Um, I was the, the, the really quiet, uh, kind of loner kid that just, you know, I 
sounds bad, and, but I would sit at the table by myself a lot of times. You would go ahead at, and sit by yourself? You would oh, hide absolutely. in your car? absolutely. Like, just because I wasn't really, really um, uh, you would never know it now. Um, but, that's true. <laughs> or maybe you wouldn't. <laughs> that like, is yeah, that, true. That Look at that. Like, that's a transformation. That, that sounds like a... you. Uh, but no, I, uh, I was really the guy that was just, like, I didn't have a whole lot of friends in, in school. And so there would be times where I would sit with people, but I wasn't really sought after. Right. So it's interesting, though, like, as an adult now, and seeing that, being able to identify that in other like there have been a couple of times where we've had Fuego events here at um, uh, here at, at One Life, and where they'll have they'll pizza and stuff like that before. And I'll see some sometimes you see students that are sitting by themselves, just kind of, and and I take it as an opportunity to walk up to them, just have some conversation because it's a great. There is something about being able to just sit down and have a meal with somebody that is just disarming and yeah. is just sort of maybe it's just it gives you something to do. Maybe that's something that we all have in common. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I think it's just kind of a cool opportunity to do that. Um, yeah, and that gets to what we were talking about. There is something that the food thing is, uh, at least if, especially if you're not socially there, you, you have something to do <laughs> in case yeah. you can't think of what to say. Like, I would love right now to have a meal <laughs> that would I be was amazing. eating right now when we were all at talking least. about it. You nodded your head as well. You had the experience. Uh, one conversation at a time. <laughs> so you, you, um, you had the experience of going in the lunchroom and. Definitely, yeah. I was an outcast in school for you were sure. You're an outcast. Oh yeah. You were a loner. Oh you were an outcast. You were hiding in your car. And I was definitely. That's right. And we're all this leading is super this place. Right. <laughs> so I'm really. That's amazing. So flesh out the outcast thing. What was that all about? Um, I don't. You know, I don't really. I don't remember a lot, to be honest, of my childhood. I don't remember a lot of of going to school. I remember that I hated it. Um, <laughs> it's not funny. But I mean, it's I mean might as well yeah. be. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know that it, I wasn't well liked hmm. or if it was, I just didn't put myself out there. Right. Was it, but there never was a moment where somebody, did anybody ever have that moment where you were kind of walking along and you didn't know what to do and then someone did say, come sit here and it's gonna sound it's gonna sound really weird, but when you first started talking about it, I thought about the first time I went to Afghanistan, and this was like I was in my 30s, but so I'm sure I had one of those moments. But the first the, when you first started talking about it, the first time I uh, first thing I thought about was when we went to Afghanistan, and um, and Afghanistan they didn't but where we ate we ate at a friend's house and they didn't eat at a table they they eat on the floor and they just have these like these little pallets that they set on the floor um, with these large pillows and then they put this feast out in front of everybody and everybody just sits around. And it was, I remember, I, you know, I'd, I'd been married for several years up to that point, but it was the first time that I, at, we didn't know these people hardly at all. And they welcomed us into their home and we got to sit in somebody's living room on their floor and just, we were just passing around and people were serving me food and asking me what I wanted. And it was just this really, it, uh, and I hadn't really thought about it up until that point, but there is this sense of belonging and there is this sense of connection that you do get to have because you're passing, it's something that's very universal, but it's something that's very personal when it comes to food. And somebody that is just helping, I don't know, it, there was just something kind of intangible about it um, that I didn't experience until I was in my 30s. Yeah, and that is a, uh, a known thing in that part of the world. There's Persian and there's the Middle Eastern culture. They do, it, meals are considered sacred for that reason. And, so, and especially the, that culture in particular, they pride themselves on their hospitality. Like, I'm going I'm to serve a meal and it's designed to, and they, they, 
they prepare for a very long time and they, they it's a very elaborate no one gets in a hurry this is like a two-hour process if at least probably three hours in some ways but it does say to you you're welcome and you're one yeah. of us and you're a part of our family and that's the significance around in the New Testament of those kinds of things Jesus ate with sinners for uh, for them that was an enormous deal it doesn't say quite as much to us and well so and it was an opportunity for you to serve one another uh, in a weird way like they wouldn't let us do anything like they brought everything out to us would you like more of this yeah. would you like more of that and so in a weird way it was a, a way for you to serve each other um, in a really tangible way right and maybe that's what it is uh cat you need to remember that because you know the, the food <laughs> thing is a deal you know right so, yeah it's, it's i mean i love food so, <laughs> okay okay good thank you for i do love food jumping in there yeah. do love food. Let's, <laughs> i do love let's food. be clear I, I love loves yeah. food she was an outcast and you need to invite her over and we need to have a big meal for, for apparently for all of us i know i feel like we all want to do the, the lunchroom yeah. kind of uh, not we're included in those things so and again that's what we're doing with the series because it is a very appropriate um, metaphor for what the church is supposed to be. It's supposed to be this place where you belong and you're relaxed and you're serving one another. And there's just layers and layers and layers of what was going on with that. So hopefully everybody will join us and uh, you'll learn a whole lot of what the, about the, what the local church is supposed to be. And again, I think it's important to point out that the, the table is a metaphor for something greater. It's what the church is supposed to be. And so that's one of the reasons that we're very big around here. One of our little statements that we say is that we do life in groups and teams. And so we encourage everybody uh, to experience that table thing uh, with one another. And so I know you guys have all um, experienced groups and teams and, and all that kind of thing. Some of those experiences are probably great and wonderful. Some of those experiences, maybe not so much, but that's, that's also how family goes as well. So talk to me a little bit about uh, your first experiences uh, with groups. I, I'd like to ask you, Natalie, first, like, okay, you're, you're in the church thing and you're going into a group for the first time, just trying to cooperate with the program. How'd it go? Yeah. So we signed up at a connection event and we were supposed to bring a dish and I brought deviled eggs. And when I walked in, I, I had never really met any of these people before, but I brought in my little deviled eggs and I said, here, I brought some deviled eggs. And she said, oh no, we call those angeled eggs here. We're not going to give the devil any credit for something you, so good. No, you're completely making that up. That's I am not, not making no, it up. True. It is really true. It is really true. It's really true. It's really true. Really true. And I felt horrible because I was kind of new to the whole Christian <laughs> thing to begin with. And I was like, <laughs> my whole life I've called these deviled eggs. I had no idea there was another <laughs> word for it. Right. I didn't even know. Okay. I mean, like, yeah. now yeah. that I'm a Christian, they got to be angel eggs. What does that say about devil's food? The questions just mount. That needs to be the subject of the group thing. So this might be a training on what not to do when uh, someone yeah. shows up at your door. Bring chips and, uh, and salsa. Just, yeah, that's right. Oh, what to bring. Yeah. That's right. So it wasn't, the, it, it was initially kind of awkward. Did awkwardness <laughs> ever go away? I got to ask. Or did it stay there and then you slept out later and then we went back? We, we stayed with that group through that study and then when it was over, we launched our own group. Okay, launched your own group with uh, said, uh, uh, Michael, what about you? you? Can you remember like your first experience with things? Uh, I think uh, our, our first like um, really profound group experience was at One Life when we were in, um, in Henderson and it was a group of people that helped, helped launch One Life Henderson and we just kind of, we just started a group from there. And it, what was really cool is, I mean, that was before we all had kids and, you know, like, like real grown up responsibilities, I guess. <laughs> and, um, I mean, we would, we would, it was on Friday nights and group would start at like six 30 and we wouldn't end sometimes until like 10 or 11. And, um, we would just be sitting there on the, and, and sitting on the floor, sitting on the couch, just like sharing stories. And we, 
Um, I remember we had um, uh, some people that just, you know, first came to the group and um, that we would just spend time like getting to know their story. And, and sometimes it was just all about that one person that one night. And sometimes it was just about a specific study. Um, but it was very much about getting into people's lives, hearing their story, getting to know who they were. And you really didn't have, I mean, the nature of the people that were in our group, there wasn't an out. You didn't get to not share everybody, you know, and, and they, they, they wanted to make sure, you know, you didn't, um, uh, you, you didn't, want, didn't want you to feel alienated, but it was just, there was a time where everybody had to share something. And uh, there was a commitment, it wasn't really spoken, but commitment really from everybody that's just like, if you're going to be a part of this group, we're going to be in each other's lives. And those relationships are still there to this day. We don't group together with all of them. Still, but um, my like my wife and I had dinner with a, a couple that we that we were in that group with um, the, this past week and another couple a couple weeks ago, and so we still share life with them. They're the ones that right. our boys call aunt and uncle, and um, so it's been uh, that has been really cool. And that was just when we started uh, Henderson eight years ago. So yeah, that's kind of important to know too. Sometimes you you start with this sort of formal design, and then you you and I I love the fact that you wouldn't allow anybody not to share. It's good to know everybody, but. You, that it continued on. It's like you start with a formal structure and then you begin to move out from there. Yeah, you, uh, as we talked about, we kind of kid you about the meal thing, <laughs> but uh, you also talked about experience uh, going beyond that into the Christian grouping thing and how all that went. So you were invited to a group and how'd that go? Yeah, um, I was invited by who is now a very dear friend of mine. Um, and little did I know when she invited me that her and her family would would change my life and shift my relationship um, with Jesus altogether. And now on Friday nights, I have dinner with their family and Sundays after church and um, myself and my kids get to experience that family and what family is like. So now you do have a family experience yep. on Friday and Sunday nights, but that started with being invited into a group. We're not making right. this up. This is not like it's, it's a commercial. This no, is not paid true. actresses or anything like that. So uh, you really did have that experience. Somebody yes. invited you. Know, no, but you still, you had to go to the front door yep. and walk into a room. How many uh, people were there? There were probably... 20 plus people. Not all of them um, had that, by the I way. Did, yeah. There, 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 there was 20 plus. <laughs> yeah. Did you know anybody in the room? I, I did Just, know a couple of yeah. people. Right. Um, but not, you know, not a lot of them. When so. it launched in, I mean, did you think this is weird? Or did you think, oh, this is kind of cool? I mean, which which thing did you um, think in your head? No, I thought it was really cool. Oh, yeah. uh, for me, being able to be around other people right. um, that were like-minded in so many ways, but then also not necessarily like-minded was amazing for me, um, just to be able to have that experience, the connection, and um, just the relationship. Yeah. Well, uh, one, of, one of my greatest experiences, and I, I am going to be pushing this, if you will, uh, in a growth group kind of situation, it's been years ago, we did have a meal together. We had a Thanksgiving meal together, and we were coached by the church to have communion together. And we, speaking of that sharing thing, this will scare everybody to death, but that's okay. You'll be fine. But we, we had a time of confession where we went around before, before we took communion together at the table of confessing our sins one to another. And it was, I still wow. remember, it marked my life. I will never forget that, people being so honest and so deep and, and experiencing that table thing and all that kind of stuff. Can you look back on one, maybe one particular, uh, um, you know, thing that happened in a group context quickly that would, that marked you in that way that you just kind of look back and go, 
Well, that was a moment that really I would say I, I'm not sure I'll forget. From for me, so I've been on staff um, for a little over four years, I think. And there was a season there for a couple of years. It was really it was really dark and really really hard for me personally. And I could see where I even though I was on staff and around people all the time and and leading teams and all of that stuff, I felt within me that sort of this just like I just wanted to withdraw. And on Sunday mornings, even though I was on staff, like I would come on Sunday mornings and not like, and just sort of want to fade into the background. And there were people in my group that would not let me do that. There were people in my group that were um, seeking after me and my wife during the week, and uh, and 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 just inviting us over for dinner or just uh, engaging us through conversation. And I think some of the I think there are a lot of people that might walk in and just feel that um, they might walk in on a Sunday morning and they just feel that sense of just sort of like, I don't really know anybody and I want to just be able to fade into the background. I think that works for a little bit of time. I think some people need that. But um, I think there there comes a time where people when you walk in and people need to know if you're not walking in that next Sunday, that you, that people, I think people want to be missed, and um, that's and, a good way to look at it. It's yeah, a good line. I, yeah I, people I, want to be missed. They want to know yeah. that they have that that they have significance. Yeah. That if they don't show up, that somebody's going to notice. Yeah. And um, so I think there's something beyond the Sunday morning experience that people really have to have. Yeah. And um, so I don't know if that answers your question or not. But um, I, it, what was really really helpful for me was having people that would seek after me because it can be really lonely. I mean, it, even being on staff, it can just be really really lonely and you're just sort of like in the stage of life uh, we don't know what we're doing I, I mean I don't know what I'm I, I, am I messing up my kids or am I messing up my marriage or it, it like it, it can be really really lonely and isolating and I think you have to have those people that are constantly pursuing you um, yeah, I think it's the same effect you know going back to the metaphor it's like we've all had the experience of walking through the lunchroom maybe not all but most of us and not feeling like you have a place to sit and you don't belong and so it's the same exact thing it's just on a adult level you know we're walking into church and we've we don't have a place to sit in the lunchroom and we want someone to invite us in and include us in those things now can you think of any any something that kind of marked your life that happened in a group context oh absolutely um with the group that we launched um it grew to six to eight couples and um after the birth of my son he was about maybe six to eight weeks old and he got rsv which is like a a lung um virus and he was hospitalized and one couple from our group kept my other kids while we were in the hospital with Mm -hmm. my son and then another couple from the group um the, the wife came and spent the night with me in the hospital, taking turns holding my son so that I could get some sleep. And I mean, it, it, was, it was just unbelievable, the care that they provided yeah. for my family. And I mean, you know, baby was only about six to eight weeks old. Like I already was exhausted to begin with. And then they were bringing us meals when we got home from the hospital. It was just, it was just an incredible display of love. Yeah. And those kind of heroics do happen in a group context. You know, it wouldn't have been the same probably if the professional minister had shown up and did those (laughs) things. Let's just be honest. But there are things when you, when you're in teams and groups, you can, you can see one another and you can see what's happening and you can react to that kind of thing. And so that's why uh, we do push that so much.